through the night, my mother sat near me, but never touched me. Once, I screamed. A short scream that alarmed the air in the hospital room. And she said, that's how Libo is. In Igbo. And I wanted to say, no shit. But of course, she didn't understand colloquial Americanism. I had prepared for pain. But this was not mere pain. It was something like pain and different from pain. It sat like fire in my back, spreading to my thighs and squeezing and crushing my insides, pulling down, spiraling. It felt like the Old Testament. I played a primitive wind blowing at will, evil but purposeless and so, and overcoming in my body that didn't need to be. Hour after hour of this, Yet the nurses said I wasn't progressing. You're not progressing. The smaller nurse said, as though it were my fault. The room felt too warm and then too cold. My arms itched. My scalp itched. And my legs lay around me like a mist. I wanted Norton touching my body. I yanked off my hospital gown. The flimsy blue fabric with its effective dangling ropes that gaped open at the back and seemed the designed to humiliate. Naked, I perched on the edge of the bed and vexed. Relief was impossible. Everything was impossible. I stood up, sat down, and then I got to my hands and knees, my thoughts barely hanging in between. The clenching in my lower body came and went, random, irregular, like mean surprises. The big nose was saying something. I shouted at her. I need it now. You'll get the epidural soon, she said. The smaller nurse needed to check me. I rolled onto my back and envisioned her fingers. She was gloved and I couldn't see her nails, but false eyelashes covering from my upper leaves like black feathers made me worry that her nails were long and sharp and would pierce through the latex and punch in my uterus. I tensed up. Bring your feet up and let your legs fall apart, she said. What? Bring your feet up and let your legs fall apart. Let your legs fall apart? What did I even mean? How could legs fall apart? I began to laugh. From somewhere outside myself, I heard my hysteria and my laughter. The nurse looked at me with the resigned expression of a person who had seen all forms of madness that overtook and women lying on their backs, with their bodies open to the world. You're not progressing, she said. Then came a wave of association, a tiredness limp and bloodless. I was leaving my body. I could die. I could die here. Now, today, my tumor died in a fancy Lagos hospital that had flat screens, TVs, and leaderboard. It was her third childbirth, and she was walking, chatting with the nurses, talking to breathe through each contraction, and then mid-sentence, she paused and collapsed and died. She was my cousin's cousin. I had not liked her, but I had mourned her. My heart's beating was fast. I'd read somewhere that maternal mortality was higher in America than anywhere else in the Western world. Or was it just higher for black women? The subject had never really interested me. I'd felt at most a faraway concern 
as though it was something that happened to other people. I should have paid more attention. Now I would die in this hospital room with thrilling bleed and speeches of faded flowers on the wall and become a tiny meanless dot. The data. And somebody somewhere will read a new report on maternal mortality and mildly wonder if it was black women who died more often. My doctor came here looking unbearably calm. Dr. K, is something wrong? I just know something is wrong, I said. My body was turning on me, its spasms and wrenches I had never known before, each with a dark promise of its own. Something had to be wrong. Childbirth could not be this gratuitous and cruel. Nothing is wrong, Sikora. It's all normal. I'm tired. I'm so tired, I said. In my mind, the image of Chinui pregnant and dead on a hospital floor. Every girl is almost here. I know it's difficult, but what you are is feeling is perfectly normal. You don't know how it feels, I said. Before today, he was a lovely Iranian doctor I had chosen for the compassion in his eyes. Today, he was a monstrous man pontificating opaquely about things he would never experience. It was normal. That nature treated him unnecessary pain. It wasn't his intestine being set on fire after all. I caught my mother's glance. That icy expression she had when I was a child and did something in public where she couldn't slap me right away. And she would have liked. Once I was about nine, and my father's second wife, Auntie Wanika, had just had a baby. My brother would go now. You have brother, my mother would always say. To visit the baby, my mother asked me to wear a going out dress, red and full skirted, as do for church. Auntie Wanika offered us blending at fish. The house smelled of delicious frying, and my mother said, No, thank you. We had just eaten. But when I went to be, I told Auntie Mika I was hungry, and she brought me a plate, smiling at things plump and fresh, and later, as we walked to the car, my mother slapped me. Don't disgrace me like that again, she said calmly. For a long time, I remembered the sudden vertigo, feeling surprised rather than pain as she, as her palm struck the back of my head. I was disgracing her now. I was not facing labor with the least of dignity. She wanted me to meet each rush of pain with a neat grinding of teeth, to endure pain with pride, to embrace pain even. When I had severe cramps as a teenager, she would say, Dear it. That is what it means to be a woman. And it was years before I knew that girls took broscopan for period pain. The epidural person, a pale-faced man with reddish moustache, was saying, I need your help to get this done, okay? I need you to be very still, okay? He did not inspire me to be confident. It's his forced cheer, and he's saying, okay? So often I began to wonder if he was qualified. Where had he trained? Whether his animation was a shield for incompetence? That's your mom, he asked. 
Hi, Mom. I'd like you to help us out here, okay? If we can hold her so she doesn't move. But before he finished speaking, my mother, still seated on the armchair, said, She can manage. Smaller nurse raised her eyebrows. It made no sense to be angry with the nurse. But I was angry with the nurse. Why did she have to make that face? Did it really surprise her? Did other mother sit there overnight as my mother had? Still has a coffin, glasses gold framed, face perfectly powdered in MAC and C45. Was she thinking that it should have been the father of my baby here with me? How dare she judge me? Was the father of her ch- children in your life? What's with her outlandish lashes and all? She probably had three children, each with a different father, and in case she was judging me for having a cold mother instead of a husband by my side. I wouldn't like to complain about her ridiculous lashes. The labor and delivery would needed to have a, f- have a false eyelash p- policy. I wouldn't have chosen a different hospital if... I would have chosen a different hospital if my health insurance company hadn't been so difficult about things. I felt angry and I felt ugly. And I welcomed both like a bitter refuge. The epidural man would not stop talking. I still as you can, okay? Don't flinch, okay? I bent over and hugged the pillow and held still. There was the cold smell of a liquid on my back and the brief prick of a needle. Tears filled my eyes. My anger began to cuddle into the darkness close to grief. It really should be coming here with me. Holding me, sitting on the chair my mother was in, finding a way to make a joke about naughty. In a rush, I read from my cell phone and sent him a text. I am in labor at East Memorial. I held on to my phone in the delivery room. I kept checking it. Willing Kwame's reply to appear on my screen until the doctor asked me to push. So guys, there you have it. That was a story from a part of the story from Chimamanda and Gazi Adichie's Zikora. Yes, I know that was new, never been done, but I hope you guys love it. From time to time I would read some parts of the story till it is definitely finished. Do not touch the doubt that takes you out of moments of sin. Don't touch the doubt that takes you into moments of sin. And do not forget the COVID is still really out there. So definitely do not forget to mask up and do not forget that the most important of them all is that here moments of sin, you definitely are loved. Have a nice day. Nice night. Ciao.